and thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Aubrey, and I'm glad to be joined by Priyana, Michael, and Nadine. In this episode, we will be discussing alternate viewpoints to our topic of research. Each of us has found a different source that provides different insights and opinions that challenge our stance regarding our research question. The problem we as a group have been researching is, how does racial and cultural bias affect the amount of people who are incarcerated? There will be three alternate viewpoints regarding our question that we will discuss. The first will be the claim that the problem doesn't exist, and I, Aubrey, will be providing some information on that. The second will be the view that the costs or consequences of the situation that we are responding to doesn't seem that significant, which will be brought up in detail by Priyana. Lastly, Michael will introduce his source that claims that maybe the problem involves not the issue that we raise, but a different one. And then Nadine will provide commentary and additional insight throughout this episode. Let's get started. To reiterate, the alternate viewpoint that I will be addressing is the opinion that the incarceration rates are not being affected by racism at all. Or in other words, there's no such thing as systemic racism. Not anymore, anyway. The source that I found was written by F.D. Petrie Martinsburg on August 22, 2020. It is titled, Systemic Racism Does Not Exist. In the article, Martinsburg claims that those who feel that racial prejudice doesn't exist within the system like himself, are silenced. He attempted on three recent occasions to present his viewpoint of current events in Journal Junction. All three were rejected. He thinks this is because people in politics don't want the public to know the truth about the system. He believes that in politics, specifically in the, quote, media crap party, the biggest lie in their arsenal is systemic racism. He believes that the left side is using the idea of systemic racism to obtain political correctness, multiculturalism, and revisionist history. Because of this, he thinks people in power are trying to hide the truth from the public. I'll be honest, it was pretty hard to find a source that was straightforwardly against the idea that the American criminal justice system is racially biased, but this doesn't necessarily mean that it is being hidden from public eyes and ears. While that is entirely a possibility that political leaders are lusting for power and control and in turn don't want to don't want people exposing their lies, this seems a little far-fetched in my opinion. There are many reasons that articles are rejected. And I like to think that it is more difficult to find people who believe systemic racism doesn't exist because more people are realizing its importance and how much racial bias there is within the criminal justice system and how much it's hurt citizens of the country for hundreds of years. I feel that, especially seeing so many articles trying to, like, stop the racial prejudice, I think that there's more people who want to solve the problem than those who want to deny its existence. I do believe that one is entitled to their opinion, and I respect that opinion, but it seems very exaggerated to make a claim that people involved in politics are silencing others like him specifically. Without having much, if any, credibility behind his claims, it doesn't seem unlikely that he has been rejected multiple times. Next up, Priyana will be presenting a second alternative viewpoint revolving around the effect of unconscious bias. Hello everyone, today I am going to discuss an alternate viewpoint and talk about why the consequences of racial bias doesn't seem that significant. 
In the source that I picked, it talked a great deal about how most biases are conscious rather than unconscious. As we all know, and must have probably experienced having some type of bias before, whether it is conscious or unconscious. One of the reasons I chose this source is because it uses science to explain bias. In this article, science explains why unconscious bias training won't reduce workplace racism. Even though this article is directed towards workplace racism, but it also relates to bias everywhere. From a scientific perspective, there are reasons to be cautious that unconscious bias training which bigger organizations are implementing is the way to eliminate discrimination. Our working point of view is on racial bias, which we believe is conscious, but this article also gave us more insight where we can see that it can also be unconscious bias. When looking at racial bias, we can now dig deep down and find the why behind some of the acts. People with unconscious bias have an automatic pattern of thinking. They are not intentional because their response is deeply ingrained in them. And we can also say that these are learned stereotypes. Conscious bias is unacceptable, but at the same time, Unconscious bias can be more harmful at times. Not knowing or understanding where one's bias comes from can lead to poor decision-making and can cause unintentional discrimination, which is fairly worse than consciously doing so. Everyone has some type of bias whether or not they are willing to admit to. According to this article, Bias is extremely common and everyone has conscious and unconscious bias in them. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. Take care. While it's no doubt that unconscious bias plays a huge part in discrimination and racial bias, everyone is still able to inform themselves of the different views and situations of others. By doing this, more and more people will start to turn their old, so-called unconscious bias into something new. Only then will we see changes when it comes to racial bias. With research and seeing other sides, everyone is able to change their views on a matter. Then again, there still needs to be effort put into wanting this change to happen, which may be the biggest problem we face with discrimination and racial bias. With our last counter-argument, we have Michael, whose source goes in-depth about how there are other factors contributing to mass incarceration. Hi everyone, today I'll be discussing problems that contribute to incarceration rates. My source that I gathered information from gives information about problems that cause people to get incarcerated and for the numbers to rise. Racial bias isn't the only problem involved with mass incarceration. Factors like wages, neighborhood, and educational differences have a significant impact on incarceration rates. People with low wages often will not have the extra money to bail themselves out when they're arrested. Because they can't pay the bail, they're forced to remain in jail, which is just another number added to the incarceration rates. Neighborhood can be another factor to the problem of mass incarceration. People who grow up in rougher neighborhoods that may influence drugs and crimes on the streets will have a harder time learning that crime is wrong and will be more likely to go into crime like the rest of their neighborhood. Educational differences also affect the incarceration rates. People may learn about the criminal justice system and others may not, 
Some may learn what is okay, and others may not learn from this, which can lead to them doing illegal things in the future, which eventually leads to an increase in the incarceration rates. One final factor that influenced increased incarceration rates is the punishments. During the war on drugs, punishments were very long-term, leaving many incarcerated for life. These harsher punishments led the system to be a punisher rather than a rehabilitator. Because people were held for so long and new people were coming, continuing to come in, it was hard for the numbers to drop and very easy for them to rise as they had over the years. Although these other factors should definitely be kept in mind when discussing the issue of mass incarceration, it still neglects the involvement of racial bias and the effect it has on this issue. Racial bias has a huge effect on the whole process of incarceration, starting with how and why someone is put under arrest and ending in the courtroom. Being able to understand different views and counter-arguments on an issue, whether it's about racial bias or incarceration in general, and also keeping it in the back of our minds, we are able to come up with a better answer to our ongoing question of, to what extent does racial and cultural bias in Snohomish County affect the number of people who are incarcerated? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast and enjoy the rest of your day.